from the number one convention, sports, and entertainment destination in the world. I'm your host, Parker Hendricks, and this is The AuthorCast. In early October, Taneo Hospitality presented Improvise, Adapt, and Overcome, a hybrid event experience for their clients based in Atlanta. The event was sponsored by Friends of the Georgia World Congress Center Authority, Destination South, Meetings and Events, and our Chief Commercial Officer, Joe Bacher, participated in the panel conversation. On the final episode of a two-part series, I will be joined by Joe, Cindy Meyer, who's the Director of Sales for Taneo Hospitality Group, and Cynthia Alford, DMCP, who serves as President and Owner of Destination South, Meetings and Events, a DMC network company. We discuss lessons learned from the event and what the future of meetings could look like. If you haven't listened to part one, where we discuss planning the event, I recommend doing so before continuing with this episode. As a reminder, you can subscribe, rate, and review The AuthorCast by visiting gwcca.org slash theauthorcast. It is also available on the Apple and Spotify podcast platforms. And now, part two of my conversation with Joe, Cindy, and Cynthia. You know, a theme of this conversation that we've had today has been over communicating, you know, whether that be before the event, as you plan the event, you know, Cynthia, you talked about how good Cindy's group did of, of, of over communicating before the event. I want to move to after the event now. What, what, what are you doing, you know, after events happen to monitor, uh, you know, either whether it be feedback or anything like that, Cindy, do you have, I mean, any insight on that of how y'all handled the after event process of this? You know, um, it, it looks similar to what we've done in the past, to be honest. Um, you know, post-event surveys, but this time including um, the, the, the main question, has anybody contracted, um, you know, COVID post the event? And thankfully, you know, we, we didn't have cases. So, you know, adding that component into it um, was something new for us. Um, we definitely a lot from, uh, we do these post-event surveys all the time, um, but it was really interesting to get the feedback on, for example, um, the health screening that was done on the front end. What a, what a um, part of the over-communication to make people feel comfortable um, attending. However, now it's become the norm, right? It's expected. Um, But each company, um, and we learned, does things a little bit differently. And there were definitely some learnings from from that process of which, you know, we hired a company to to do that for us. And, And there were learnings of, to Cynthia's point a few, a few minutes ago of how early do you need to communicate and what specifically do you need to communicate to the attendee, um, and also the people that are partnering as your, as your vendors on site. So the communication piece is definitely different. Um, but, but nothing completely out of the ordinary. I'm sure, um, Cynthia may have, may, may have seen more, um, working with various customers on the post event side. Um, what have you seen, Cynthia? I, um, agree with what you said, Cindy, on the follow-up of um, checking on the health and well-being of the participants, um, not being um, afraid to ask those questions, hitting them head-on. It's not an option. It's imperative that 
um, you're talking to your participants after the program um, to find out, did someone come back with COVID um, from that trip? And addressing that, having medical professionals that can work with any participants who may have contracted um, COVID while they were while they were at the event. Um, one thing that has been concerning to me on social media is um, I call it the shaming of um, planners who are having live and hybrid events right now. I'm not saying I disagree that we should. Um, be having these conversations, the pros and cons, the how dare you have a live meeting in Texas right now when the state numbers are soaring. I would just rather see that in a more proactive environment among meeting planners, um, having those discussions and conversations virtual versus um, the calling that out on social media for everyone to see, but they're only seeing one side of the story. They're not getting a chance to see what the planner or the attendees had experienced. Um, I think that's been some negative um, follow-up that I hope our industry can come shoulder to shoulder and have those conversations in a much more productive way that will help move us forward in the business of meeting with events. And, and that's why I think conversations like the one we're having today the meeting that you guys hosted is important to show that meeting planners are taking steps to host events safely. We're just not doing it to do it, you know, and I think what you said is right. It, that helps us tell that story that, Hey, we've taken the steps. We feel comfortable that we can host an event, you know, during this and do it the right way. I will say, Parker, just to add, um, what one of the other pieces is that we did a follow-up communication after the post-event survey to let the attendees know that everybody's health and safety was in check. Yeah. So that was another piece where, gosh, marketing departments within you know organizations are now becoming more important and critical than ever. Mm -hmm. to to help with that communication and that distribution post an event um, versus just the survey for your own needs. Right. Um, so now it's getting, now it's taking that post event survey information and taking it back to the people that attended. Yeah, that's great. I, and I know that, that that provides a peace of mind to attendees uh, that helps everybody out. So I, I want to thank you guys for joining us today. Before I let you go, I have one final question for each of you. I'll let, I'll let all three of you answer. I want to know kind of what are the key takeaways from this event other event, or other events that, you know, you've attended or hosted during this time, whether that be from the event itself, sitting on a panel, planning it, and then also provide what you think may be the future of events uh, moving forward. Are we going to see more hybrid model Will hybrid model be here to stay even past the pandemic? Um, so, Cindy, I'll let you take it away first. Well, you know, I would say my my real first key takeaway is just how full circle relationships really have become such a natural and critical part of what we do. I mean, here we are. Cynthia, Cindy, and Joe working together after not interacting at this level for nearly 20 years as a team. Here we are, you know, collaborating and working together from different perspectives. It's a, it's really a beautiful thing. Um, you know, not to get sappy or anything, but you know, I, I, I think that um, the relationships 
um, sharing the best practices, um, being able to um, talk about the positives, right? Uh, share the positives that are happening. I think we've all embraced the fact, you know, to your point of, of, of virtual and hybrid meetings. It was not an easy task to pull the the the, the uh, virtual aspect of our meeting. Um, I, I don't want to say it wasn't easy. It actually was miraculously went miraculously smooth with the limited time that we had to pull it together. But that's because the company that we worked with knew what they were doing. So Barrio Productions did a phenomenal job on that. Um, are they here to stay? I, I think for a little while, what organizations are seeing is that that there is a that it can be done. There is a bit of a learning curve. So everybody wants to do it once and then maybe do it again and do it better. Um, is there a cost savings? Maybe, you know, maybe not. Um, so I think it's a learning curve now that now that organizations are having to take hybrid meetings to a totally different level. Um, I, I, certainly I hope it isn't, it isn't going to be, um, you know, we, we need to have the hybrid aspect. We need people to meet face to face. I think that is critical, um, you know, for, for all of us to continue on and, and for, you know, for our industry to, to, you know, get back to where, where it was before, um, yeah. So, uh, I'll, 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 I could probably go on and on, so I'll stop there. Cynthia, do you have anything to add? I do, Parker. Um, two things. First of all, we were so proud to have the opportunity to join with our partners at Teneo and the Intercontinental Buckhead to bring together this, um, bringing meetings and events back 2.0 and to put together, use our resources locally and our expertise to show some hands-on examples and to have that fabulous panel. Um, from a hybrid standpoint, we definitely believe hybrid is here to stay. Think about the times you've traveled with a cold. Oh, I can just go to that travel show. It's only a cold. Um, we won't be doing that, I don't believe, in the future. But one real takeaway to share with our listeners about hybrid is to take a moment to think about you're not planning a live meeting and simply sticking a camera in front of the panel or presenters. Um, you're really planning two distinct experiences. So when you sit down at the table to begin the planning, you're planning a live experience for those on site and you're planning a virtual experience and you've got to find a way to blend the two. For instance, you start with a keynote at nine o'clock in the morning for live. Is that really a good idea with virtual? It's better to start with a panel so that you can have immediate interaction with your virtual audience, asking the panel questions and interacting with them versus logging on at nine o'clock in the morning with a cup of coffee and sitting there listening to um, a keynote speaker for 45 minutes. You've got to find ways to engage those virtual attendees. So um, for planners who are listening, to start thinking about way that you can blend the two experiences because it is way more than just streaming someone in um, from their home office. Joe, what about you? Any key takeaways and you know, what do you think we you'll see moving forward. Yeah, no, I, I think I agree with, uh, again, everything we're hearing here. It's, um, you know, I'm going to go back to, and, and, and I, I, I said it at the panel time, we got to stay positive. Uh, 
uh, you know, there are a lot of great things, you know, that you, you got to dig through the weeds a little bit to find them, but they're there. <laughs> and uh, I think we've got to remain, you know, just, you know, diligent, resilient, all the things that we do in this industry. And our industry is not going away. Um, and and that, that's a fact. Um, and I would put, put anything on that. It, it's, uh, you know, we, we, we do business in person, live with one another. That's how things get done. And um, I, I believe that, that that will stay. I think, you know, I need to differ a bit on the hybrid model. I, I, I think it's, uh, I, I think it's here. Um, and I think it's going to go away. Um, I, I don't know when, uh, but I think, um, you know, when this vaccine gets going, COVID gets behind us, um, we're going to go back to doing business the way that we do business. I think, I think the hybrid model is going to survive for a little while. Um, so to Cynthia's point, everyone's point, we got to figure out how to do it right. We got to figure out how to do it well. We got to figure out um, how to make it enjoyable um, and make it work. Um, you know, I think here we are nine months in and we all know Zoom calls don't always go as planned. Something doesn't work on the platform. Yeah, you got this disconnected. I can't hear you. You know, you're on mute. I mean, it's, yeah, you know, it's it's just not the way that business gets done. And and I, I think we could all agree we'd rather not be sitting on this on this call. So, you know, on a, you know, not this call, but in a, a Zoom face, to, you know, non-face-to-face environment. And, um, you know, so I think, um, yeah, I think, uh, again, for me, it's just about being positive. It's about working together. It's about communication. And uh, we will get through it. Um, We always do. Um, And uh, it's not if, it's when. And and I think as long as we continue to collaborate as an industry, listen to one another, hear what the planners are saying, hear what our – what our event folks are saying, listening to the experts, tying it all together and putting on a great event. And I think the more people get out and do these things, the more comfortable they're getting. And uh, I'm excited for, for the future. And, you know, I I really, really believe it's going to take one big convention or trade show association, corporate event somewhere in this country. That's going to go success successfully, excuse me. And, and we're going to learn a lot from it. And, uh, and I think everybody's going to be lined up after that to say, let's get back to business here and let's start doing things the way we know how to do them. And, uh, uh, so again, just some puzzle pieces that have to come together. And I think they will over the next call it 12, 18 months, and hopefully we'll be back to back to the life we're used to living. So. Yeah, I think we can all look forward to that. Um, Again, I just want to thank all three of you for taking your time today to discuss this with us. I know that our listeners will find this informative and uh, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the AuthorCast. Taneo Hospitality Group would like to thank the following sponsors and exhibitors for participating in the Improvise, Adapt, and Overcome event. Radware Incorporated, Barrio Productions, Destination South Meetings and Events, Your Event Solutions, Intercontinental Buckhead Atlanta, PSAV, and Wellness for Humanity.